Hello, I'm Brandon Perna, host of That's Good Sports, a 10-minute-ish daily NFL comedy podcast. Have you ever wished for a crappy version of The Daily Show, but only about the NFL? Then, first and foremost, I implore you to dream much bigger. Secondly, I would recommend subscribing to That's Good Sports. Every weekday, I will be giving you NFL news, telling questionable jokes, and swearing just enough so you won't ever be able to listen with your kids in the room or car. I don't ask for a lot, but if you don't subscribe on iTunes, my wife said she will leave me. Thanks, and I look forward to putting my voice in your ear holes. The San Diego Chargers select Joey Bosa. Oh, here comes Bosa! The Los Angeles Chargers select Derwin James. Intercepted at the 35 yard line. Derwin James. Welcome, everybody, to episode 21 of the Powder Blue Review podcast, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I am your host, Michael Peterson. As always, please go ahead and follow me on Twitter at ZoneTracks, that's spelled Z-O-N-E-T-R-A-C-K-S, and go ahead and follow the Twitter podcast handle at PBReviewPodcast, and you might as well go on over to SBNationsBoltsFromTheBlue.com, that is where you can find all of my written work, that is SB Nation's Los Angeles Chargers blog, where I am the deputy manager, always doing a lot of good work over there, and guys, we have got... Some news today. We've got some sort of breaking news. I know this is a little late, day late, dollar short, whatever you want to say, but Melvin Gordon is back in the house. So, of course, we're going to be getting into that to start today's show, but quick little rundown, and if I didn't mention it last week or if you guys missed it last week, these second episodes I do during the week are going to be a little bit shorter. They're going to contain some good information. It's more quality over quantity per se because my first one of the week does get a little bit long sometimes. But guys, we are going to talk about Melvin Gordon's return to the team yesterday. That was on Thursday. His holdout is over. He will play on the rest of his uh, fifth-year deal on his rookie contract. Uh, we're going to talk about if that's good or bad, reactions from Coach Lynn, his teammates, and everything involving uh, that situation. We're going to go ahead and preview the Chargers at Miami this week. This is the first game they will wear their new home primary powder blue jerseys cannot wait to see the powder blues again in 2019 and then we're going to end this thing with my weekly uh, three things to watch for segment where i basically just talk about and point out three specific themes against the opposing team this week the miami dolphins that i will be watching the closest and with you know a more discerning eye this week than anything else uh, while the chargers are playing so let's get right into it Melvin Gordon is back in the building, and and this kind of came out of nowhere because for a while there wasn't much talk on on Melvin Gordon. You know, I kept getting asked when I would do radio here, and people would ask me, friends would ask me, you know, who had him on their fantasy team, has there been any movement on Melvin Gordon? Should we sell? Should we buy? Just what should we do regarding him? You know, in real life and in fantasy football and everything in between. So out of nowhere on Wednesday, it broke with Ian Rappaport that, according to a close source, Melvin Gordon called the Chargers, spoke with them on Wednesday, and said he was going to report on Thursday. And lo and behold, he walked in the door, he was there, he ended his holdout after gaining pretty much nothing besides some extra rest, obviously will not play. I don't think he will play this uh, coming Sunday against the Dolphins, but he's got some rest, he's fresh, um, and he's ready to go. Um, is this a good thing for the Chargers? 
Uh, I know Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson have been doing extremely well so far through the first three games of the season. Just kind of going over some of their stats um, as a team. We're looking here. Austin Eckler currently leads the Chargers in rushing with 160 yards, 38 carries, two touchdowns. He's averaging kind of an okay uh, 4.2 yards per carry. Um, And then you look at Justin Jackson. This guy has 18 carries, so less than half of what Eckler has. But he's got 142 yards on the ground, only 18 less than Eckler with 20 less carries. He's averaging almost twice as many yards per carry than Austin Eckler is. And you look at this, so 18 for 142 and zero touchdowns. Well, he had a 66-yard touchdown taken back um, against the Detroit Lions. And then he had about a six-yard jump for a score taken back against the Houston Texans. So you add 66 yards to this guy's tally. And you're looking at, you know, 20 carries for well over 200 yards and two touchdowns, averaging over 10 yards a clip. It's absolutely insane. And I know Austin Eckler was efficient and obviously in a complimentary role, but he also caught the ball a little bit more than Justin Jackson has. But from a pure running standpoint, Justin Jackson has been absolutely amazing. And both of them are averaging more than Gordon did essentially per carry his first four, three years excuse me, in the league. Is it a good thing? Um, when asked about... Melvin Gordon and kind of what to expect from him going forward. Lynn spoke to the press on Thursday, although he wasn't supposed to speak in general. Uh, Because Gordon came back, yes, he did a press conference. And this is what he had to say. Uh, He said that Melvin is their guy. So once Melvin Gordon gets ready, game shape, they figure out if he's, you know, good to go sooner rather than later, he's going to be their guy. He's their number one. He is their starter. He'll be right back as the starting running back. No questions asked once he's ready. So, um, he had a great year last year. He had a great year, obviously, over 1,400 yards from scrimmage. I believe he had 14 total touchdowns. Still missed four games, which, again, comes back to you know his injury stuff and why the Chargers didn't want to fork out a bunch of money to keep a guy who hasn't really finished an entire 16-game season yet, um, except one year, excuse me, except one year. But um, it's tough. It's tough. So you look at the numbers. They've been doing really well. Austin Eckler has you know 160 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. He also has 208 yards through the air on 19 catches. He's second on the team in catches and yardage. He's averaging uh, 11 yards per catch. Another two touchdowns through the air, so four total touchdowns. His, his yards from scrimmage, at least for, through the first three games, is actually higher than Melvin Gordon ever did in the first three games of, of any of the years he's been a professional. Justin Jackson, again, I, I, he hasn't done too much in the, in the receiving department, but like we talked about before, he's a good runner. Is this going to be a good thing? Are we going to see the Melvin Gordon that we saw last year, or are we going to see more of the Melvin Gordon that we saw the three prior years? And that's so tough because Gordon's coming back to essentially make himself look good. If he can go on a run with the Chargers, they can go 3-0, 4-0 against the next four teams that I think are a combined 1-11 here, being the Dolphins, the Bengals, the, or no, excuse me, the Dolphins, the Denver Broncos, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Tennessee Titans. If he can go on a run here, then everyone will point to the fact that Melvin Gordon is the savior. He's the reason they went undefeated and why they, he kind of resurrected their season per se. Um, but he's not running with the same offensive line that was out there in 2018. Obviously, Russell Okung is gone. Having a quality borderline elite left tackle it plays huge dividends in a team's success. So if he gets out there and he's running behind Trent Scott and Sam Tevy and Dan Feeney, who's still struggling, uh, Mike Pouncey, he's doing his best to make this team as great as possible. I'm not sure what kind of Melvin Gordon we are going to see. Um, I'm not sure if he's the same type of receiver out of the backfield with Eckler and in general of uh, making people miss, springing big runs and springing those big screens. I know he's done it before. Um, it's just, you know, few and far in between. 
So again, I'm not sure if this is going to be a good thing with Melvin Gordon, but it's good to see him in the building, regardless if he's their best running back and he can be the most successful guy on the team with them. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, big news, absolutely big news. Um, honestly, Coach Lynn did say he never wants to say never, but he doesn't think Melvin Gordon will play Saturday or Sunday. He doesn't even know if Melvin Gordon is going to travel. He stated that he believes the more people that are around, the more distractions. But at the same time, he said this might be a good distraction, having Melvin Gordon on the sidelines, giving the team you know, some more in the morale department, being, uh, teammates being able to rally with Melvin Gordon on the sidelines, just his presence being able to make them feel much more normal as a team, especially with all the injuries going around uh, this season, which is obviously absolutely ridiculous and just a whole nother topic in general. In case you guys didn't know, we at Blue Wire actually use Harry's razors. If you actually visit their website, you can go out and check out all the different types of shave sets and face care products that they have. Me personally, I'm a big fan of the shaving cream. I actually found them at Target, had no idea they were actually within Target. So everybody loves Target. Easy place to go get yourself some Harry's razors. But I don't know why you don't join the 10 million who have already tried Harry's. If you go to harrys.com slash bluewire, you can go ahead and actually claim a special offer. So a few other reasons why you should try Harry's. Harry's founders were two regular guys tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. Harry's also makes quality, durable blades at a fair price. It's actually just two bucks per blade. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they will give you a full refund. This summer, refresh your wallet and your face with a Harry's trial set. That trial set comes with a weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close shave, a rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Listeners of my show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your offer and let them know I sent you to help show support for this show. At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sportsbook. Don't forget, though, whether your betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play, and it's where you should, too. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Just do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate that offer. Again, that is promo code BLUEWIRE. So go visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Looking at the matchup this Sunday, it's going to be really tough for Chargers fans not to get overly excited and giddy about playing one of the worst teams, essentially, in NFL history through the first three weeks of the season. If you guys don't recall, the Dolphins were absolutely trounced by the Ravens in week one, where they were scored, uh, or lost, excuse me, by a score of 59 to 10. In week two, they played the Patriots, lost 43 to zero, and then this past Sunday, lost to the Cowboys 31 to six. And it's, you know, 
hard pressed to say that the Dolphins got better going from 59 to 43 to 31 points allowed, but that's absolutely insane. Um, and so, yes, it's going to be easy for Chargers fans to maybe maybe get a little too ahead of themselves on this one. Um, as much as I would like to say, yeah, the Chargers are going to win this thing, no problem. Don't have to worry about it. This is still a Chargers team that tends to struggle in situations where they honestly should thrive. Um, just going over some of the stats, some of the Dolphins players, Chargers leaders, um, through the first three weeks, Rivers currently sits at 944 yards passing, five touchdowns, two interceptions. Keenan Allen, number one wide receiver in the NFL right now, 29 catches, 404 yards, and three touchdowns. Mike Williams, unfortunately, coming out of the gates in a rather slow start, has eight catches for 153 yards. No touchdowns yet, but he has three red zone looks so far in the first three weeks. Unfortunately, two of those came in the Detroit Lions game where he was a little banged up and he didn't really quite look himself. I don't want to make any excuses for Williams, but he dropped two fades that this guy is fairly sure handed on for the most part. Again, coming back to the Kansas City game late last year where Rivers in a clutch moment said, let's throw the fade to Mike Williams. This guy is good at catching fades. The offense trusts him. Rivers trusts him. So I expect there to be some positive regression. And if it's going to come against any team, it should come against the Miami Dolphins. Looking over at the Dolphins' side of the ball, uh, Rosen's now the starting quarterback, second-year quarterback Josh Rosen, uh, ben, or starts now in favor of the bench, Ryan Fitzpatrick. To start the season, Ryan Fitzpatrick had 303 yards passing, just one touchdown, and four interceptions. Rosen hasn't been really much better at all, also has thrown for 302 yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. And the one thing that I want to point out here is that Fitzgerald has been sacked six times, and Rosen has been sacked seven times. So together, they're actually third in the NFL combined with 13 sacks on the quarterback, which again, this is kind of another one of those situations where you say that Chargers offensive line, excuse me, defensive line should come through. The quarterback served up on a silver platter. This line obviously lost Laramie Tunsil to a trade to the Houston Texans earlier this season. They got a lot of no-name people as well. Three of their starters along the right side of the line actually joined the team following the preseason games. And then Michael Dieter, who was the team's, I believe, second or third round pick, left guard out of Wisconsin, was shifted out to left tackle last week due to an injury and struggled mightily as well. I think that starter comes back on the left tackle side, but again, a step down from last year's starter in Laramie Tunsil, now with the Texans. Kenyon Drake is the team's leading rusher. He only has 22 carries for just 69 yards, no touchdowns. And then Preston Williams, he's an undrafted free agent this year out of Colorado State. A lot of people said he was one of the top receivers in the entire draft, but some of the off-field issues with him plummeted him out of the draft board. That's why he ended up being a UDFA. But he actually leads the team with 11 catches, 155 yards, and the only touchdown that the Dolphins have scored this season through three games, just one to an undrafted rookie, um, and Preston Williams. Taking a look at the team's injury report, and now this is Thursday's injury report. Um, I am recording this on Friday prior to Friday's practice uh, just to get you guys something out sooner than Saturday. Um, I know you guys probably want that Friday injury report, but I do need to get this out to you guys. I just don't want you guys waiting um, and having that much shorter shelf life, shelf life excuse me, for my second podcast of the week. So this is Thursday's. One more time. Uh, as far as Thursday goes, Michael Badgley didn't practice on Wednesday, didn't practice on Thursday. Coach Lynn said that he did not have a setback, 
prior to last week's game. But yet Ty Long got the start again, did well, bounced back, made two field goals. Cool. This week, again, he, he didn't practice Wednesday, didn't practice Thursday. So if there's not a setback, I'm really not sure what's going on with this. I You just got to hope maybe Anthony Lynn's being super careful that he is healthy. Give him one more week. The team probably doesn't need him against Miami. And then he can be healthy and ready to start uh, next week and be back in the fold. Wide receiver Travis Benjamin also did not practice Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, not much to say about that. Rather not have him on the field anyway. Virgil Green, um, they're looking a little thin at tight end now. Hunter Henry is obviously out for a couple more weeks. The second string tight end behind him would be Green, but unfortunately did not practice at all Wednesday and Thursday. So it's looking like the team may roll with a Lance Kendricks and Sean Colkin tight end room for Sunday. Uh, one that's going to really worry Chargers fans is, and I hope this is precautionary, but Casey Hayward did not participate in practice Wednesday and Thursday. So there's something to keep tabs on uh, over the next couple days as well, because if they do not have Casey Hayward, the Dolphins may, you know, do something that they would otherwise not have done if Casey Hayward uh, were to be playing. Hunter Henry's still out, did not participate this week. Mike Williams, another thing that's going to lead the Chargers a little thin at wide receivers. He did not practice Wednesday or Thursday with a back issue. And if you remember, he missed most of his rookie season with a back injury. So I'm not sure what to think about this one. Hopefully, again, it's just precautionary because he has been banged up. Michael Davis, after missing uh, the last couple games prior to injuring his, uh, excuse me, after injuring his hamstring against the Indianapolis Colts in week one, he was a limited participant on Wednesday and a full participant yesterday on Thursday. So big news, going to get one of the starting cornerbacks back, uh, and hopefully it's a good tune-up game for him after missing the last couple games. Denzel Perryman, full participant. Um, Justin Jackson was limited, unfortunately. He wasn't on the injury report Wednesday. Limited participant yesterday on Thursday. So uh, again, something else to kind of keep an eye on. Um, if he doesn't go for whatever reason, it will be Austin Eckler or Troy Main Pope, and I wouldn't be surprised to see the team uh, bring up Dietrez Newsom just to have some insurance policy. I don't think they need him, especially against the Dolphins. Uh, Mike Pouncey, not injury-related, but did get the day off on Thursday. It's just more of a veteran rest thing. He will be good to go against his former team in his first revenge game since he was signed by the Chargers prior to the 2018 season. Looking at the Dolphins' injury report as of Thursday, a couple things to make note of. Jesse Davis, um, I believe, is getting the start at left tackle, according to team reporter Joe Shad, recently on the Chargers Weekly Podcast. He is currently questionable, but I'm told he will wear a brace on his elbow that is bothering him, likely to get the start at left tackle. Bobby McCain, their strong safeties, dealing with a hamstring injury. He was limited at practice on Thursday, listed as questionable at the moment. Uh, Tim Harris, defensive end, and Danny Isadora. Um, Tim Harris it was limited as well. Uh, questionable, and then Danny Sador actually was just put on injured reserve. So they are losing some bodies each day that goes on. Alan Hearns, I think, is still coming back, wide receiver from a concussion. Albert Wilson as well, limited on Thursday due to a calf issue, questionable heading into Sunday against the Chargers. So we're going to quickly end this thing with a quick wrap-up of the three things that I'll be watching most closely against the Miami Dolphins. And the first one is something that's probably crossed everybody else's mind, and that's will the Chargers play down to the level of competition on Sunday? The Chargers tend to at least start games sort of at the level of competition. Last year, I think about the San Francisco game, that I was a little too close for my comfort. And then I think about the Arizona Cardinals game as well. I think the Cardinals went out to a 10-0 lead, I believe, before the Chargers kind of turned it around put the foot on their throat and kept it there through the rest of the four quarters. So 
Um, this is something that everyone's going to be worried about until it's just not a thing anymore. You know, it could be halftime and they could be up 17 to zero, 20 to zero. I don't care. I'm going to be nervous. And that's definitely something that hopefully the team doesn't do because it's not going to bow well for their future outlook. If they can't come out the gates hot and stay hot against a team that's as historically bad as the Miami dolphins. The second one is something specifically I'm going to be curious about, and that's, will we see any difference in the running back rotation this Sunday due to the fact that Melvin Gordon is likely to return next Sunday. So I'm not sure what to think here. I'd like to think they just kind of do a little bit of the same. But the only reason I bring this up is because against the Texans, I saw Justin Jackson get a lot more run early on in the game than Austin Eckler. It just seemed like Jackson was out there for more snaps. I think Eckler ended with more snaps than Jackson did for that game. But I'm just curious. I want to see maybe if they'll give Jackson some more run just to kind of see what they have in him because they probably know that once Melvin Gordon's back in the lineup, Jackson is going to be relegated to a much smaller role. And Anthony Lynn did say in this press conference where he spoke mostly about Gordon that Eckler and Jackson will still have defined roles in the this offense. So I think that's just a lot of coach speak, though, trying to keep his running backs from not feeling bad about them losing more snaps or being relegated to really just cleanup duty um, and something like that. So I'm not entirely sure. I'm just curious as to what we can expect from these running backs, because uh, it was a little bit of a step back for Eckler and Jackson in this past one. Um, The running game, they kind of abandoned it after the second half. So in the last game without Melvin Gordon in the fold, I'm just curious to see if we will see anything different whatsoever. And last but not least, we're going to get back and open up this pass rush idea that this group of Bosa, Ingram, and the like should feed all day, all night against this Miami Dolphins offensive line. Like I've stated before, they've got a lot of guys who are new to the team. They got some injuries up front. They traded away Laramie Tunsil earlier in the season to the Texans. So it's a revolving door of an offensive line. Their left guard, left guard, excuse me, Michael Dieter went on to left tackle. He will, he will be back at left guard, but he struggled. He struggled mightily. And after last week where the team only stacked Deshaun Watson twice, one of those sacks was Brandon Mebane, our 33-year-old nose tackle. And then there was a sack shared by Joy Bosa and Thomas Davis. So I give it to Deshaun Watson. He's a great player. He's a fantastic player. He can get out of close sacks. He's an escape artist. That's kind of how he's made his money so far as well. The Chargers have to finish. That's just the biggest thing. If you ask anybody, I'm sure Lynn was asked quite a few times this week, he's going to say they're going to have to finish. They have no problem getting to the quarterback. Okay, that's step one. But finish step two. Get your hands on him. Get a body on him. Take him down to the ground. Actually record the sack. I'm not sure what to expect, especially after coming short last week against another revolving door of an offensive line. But those are my hopes for the team. Uh, that's what I'll be watching closely on Sunday. If there's some things that you guys will be watching closely that differ from what I'm talking about, go ahead to hit me on Twitter. Go ahead. Let's talk about some things, guys. It's going to be an exciting game. It'll be exciting to finally get back in the win column, you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood here. Um, but it's a good chance the chargers will get to two and two and maybe start a little bit of a run heading towards the bye week. That's it for today's show, everybody. Appreciate you guys listening in. I am recording this just about on the dot, 48 hours from taking the field against the Miami Dolphins in those fresh powder blue jerseys. I cannot absolutely wait. Kind of sucks that they're debuting them on the season at an away stadium, but at the end of the day, everyone's going to be able to see them on the field. We've got to get a W in these. It'd be really good to get this team to two and two, heading into, again, a three-game skid where they are one and eight uh, following the 0-3 Dolphins. So, This has been Michael Peterson. As always, I appreciate it. Go follow on Twitter at Zone Tracks. 
the Twitter handle for the podcast at PB Review Podcast. Go to SB Nations, comment on some stuff, give me some clicks. I do appreciate that. And go ahead and smash, subscribe, five-star review, tell me what you like, tell me what you don't like. I really do appreciate all the kind words, the reviews, anything that you guys have about what would make this podcast better. I would absolutely love to hear. So once again, this has been Michael Peterson, guys, and I will see you next week.